Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Golden Black Radio as we take a look at this week in Purdue Athletics. Here's your host, Kyle Charter. Purdue Open stands for one of its most anticipated seasons in years, one of the biggest storylines. We'll preview it all on this Golden Black Radio podcast. Kyle Charters with Tom Dinar, Brian Newbert in a couple of minutes as well. Tom, the uh, the time is here. Purdue will start camp at least yes. early on this week. We do anticipate maybe a couple of those being open to the public. You know, I, I think it's interesting with this camp. It does feel to me like there is some some intrigue about who the day one starters will be at a lot of positions. I think there are often times that that we sort of know the answers to those. But it does feel that there's a little bit more intrigue about that this year. Um, you know, receivers. I think we can anticipate who maybe the number one running back will be on day one, but there's some intrigue there. Cornerbacks, you know, defensive ends. Mm-hmm. Go down the list a little bit and sort of feel like maybe there are some questions that you have early on in, in camp here just about who the personnel will be where. Yeah, yeah, they have some questions hanging over them as, as camp will commence tomorrow. Kyle, I'm sure you've got a lot of warm, fuzzy training camp memories from your days standing in the August <laughs> heat along Northwestern Avenue there, but yeah, you know, I guess offensive lines are always a good place to start with Purdue, given that's always sort of a work in progress, right? Um, I think yeah. they've got obviously three guys they know are going to start, and Eric Miller and Gus Hartwig and Spencer Holstead. I think that's your left side of the line with Hartwig snapping. I think they've got about eight linemen they're comfortable playing. Marcus Bowe's a guy to watch. The redshirt freshman from Wisconsin. Um, he could be a guard or a tackle. Looks like he has a bright future. And I think he'll probably end up as your right guard with Cam Craig getting the first crack at right tackle. Although, like I said, Bo could flip out to the tackle possibly. Uh, the other redshirt freshman, Mahe Musa, is a guy they like. He can maybe unseat Craig and be your left right tackle. And then the other two guys who, who could maybe work in the, way in the mix somehow are the two transfers, the Sione Finau kid and Daniel Johnson. So, See how that line sorts out. I think King Drew is going to be your number one back to, to begin with. To watch Kobe Lewis. I think the staff wants to get a look at Kobe Lewis, Kyle. You know, he was a late transfer. He wasn't there for the spring. Didn't play last year. Had a knee injury. So they want to get a good look at him. But he could end up maybe being your guy, your number one guy at some point. And then you talked about receiver too. Um, you know, some guys aren't going to be totally healthy right out of the gate here. One of them is Brock Thompson. I think they're going to watch him closely, but. He could be your number one wide out. And, of course, the two Iowa kids, Tyrone Tracy and, and Charlie Jones, are just really intriguing options. And T.J. Sheffield and Mershon Rice, and I think to a lesser degree, Abdur Rahman Yassino. Those are the wide receivers to watch. And, again, if I were to be a betting man, my money's still on, on Brock Thompson to be your number one receiver. What about on the other side of the ball, Tom, uh, the, the two defensive ends in particular, I, I, I think, I think Purdue's probably going to lean with a couple of veterans, I would imagine, as their number one guys to to open up camp. But um, I think those spots are probably far from, like, concrete, right? 
Yeah, again, Mark Mark Hagen's got a lot of players to work with here. Um, I think Jack Sullivan's going to be your your anchor in the spot Karloff has played. Um, I'd be shocked if anybody takes his spot. Kydron Jenkins, remember, retro freshman last year, he ended up being your Leo. He's back, and uh, I think he's the guy to beat at that spot. Uh, after that, though, there's some, that's where the intrigue gets, and there's going to be a lot of competition. You know, behind a guy like Jack Sullivan, you got Cordae Sidner and, and Joe Anderson. Um, to a lesser degree, a guy like Joe Strickland, the true freshman, always a guy to watch. That Leo spot with Scotty Humpich, the Murray State State transfer, I think he can maybe make a push to maybe unseat Kydron Jenkins. It's going to be fun watching him. Yanni Karloftis, you know, Yanni Karloftis, Kyle, had a little bit of a, I want to call it like a, a bone bruise toward in one of his knees, and that sort of limited him this summer. But he's going to be okay. He's a guy at Leo as a redshirt freshman to watch. Uh, so there's um, there's some intriguing guys, and even inside too, you got your two anchor tackles, Branson Dean and Lawrence Johnson. But I know they like Demarjit Lewis. They like the true freshman Moa Monaday, um, Prince James Boyd, uh, Suleiman Paka. I mean, D.J. Washington, the Penn State kid, Cole Prevard. I mean, there's a lot of guys, Kyle. There's going to be a lot of competition. That's got Mark Hagan excited. So that unit, I really think, Kyle, I think that unit is the deepest and maybe the best on the team. Yeah, you mentioned some of the newcomers there, including Cole Brevard. You know, that's always an area early on in the camp that you want to check out some of these guys that you have not seen, especially some of the ones, you know, who were not around in the spring. Uh, so Brevard, uh, uh, Charlie Jones, players like that. I mean, Brevard to me is intriguing because he does come into a spot where Purdue does have some depth, but also is a guy who, you know, was highly recruited, played at another Power Five uh, school, uh, will open against his former team uh, this mm-hmm. year on that Thursday night in ross Uh What are your thoughts on him and maybe some of the other guys that you have not yet seen who could play a role this year? I'm told that, that uh, again, he wasn't here in the spring for spring ball, obviously, but I'm told just from the little bit they've seen that you can tell he, he's been coached. Uh, he looks the part, number one, too. You know, 6'3", well over 300 pounds. He already has some technique aspects that are, that again, like I said, you can tell he's been working with a little bit at Penn State for two years. And uh, he's a guy that's going to get a look, obviously, uh, coming off the nose, Um like I said, spent two years in state college. Just a weird circumstance for him out there, Kyle. You know, he went out there, graduated early, COVID hit. He had to come back home to Indianapolis, was disconnected from the program, went back the next year, his position coach had left. And just, 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 he just never really got on, on the same page with everybody out there. So this is a, a second chance and closer to home than maybe Blossom and that four-star prospect that he was coming out. Uh, high school uh you know another guy too you mentioned uh charlie jones of iowa first time i'm going to lay eyes on him back on the defensive side of the ball though the true freshman nick caraway four-star recruit near uh college station texas uh at the leo spot in particular that's a kid that i know they're excited about you know he may not play a huge role as a true freshman if he plays at all he could be a situational pass rusher kind of a guy who I know they're very excited about. So that's another kid. Kobe Lewis, I talked about him earlier. Again, first time we'll lay eyes on him as well. So there's a, there's a number, there's a handful of guys we're talking about that we're going to see for the first time that are very intriguing players that could play big roles this fall. 
Yeah, Lewis is the one for me that is um, somebody I'd want to watch because, you know, I, I don't know what kind of player he is, but if he does give Purdue a little bit more of burst, a little bit more big play potential, it really changes the offense from the running back position. It would give Purdue something that that it hasn't had and really hasn't had in a couple of years. I mean, we like Xander Horvath, but, but not sort of um, – and he was injured most of last year – um, but not sort of that game-breaker type. I don't know if Lewis can do that, but if he can do a little bit of it, it would be something different that Purdue has not had. Yeah, I mean, she's, I mean, you probably back when you were covering the team in the Danny Hope era, I mean, a guy like Mostert, Akeem Hunt, um, to a lesser degree, I mean, Terry O'Fuller. I mean, you know, maybe Kobe Lewis is kind of like a Terry O'Fuller. I mean, Fuller will seem like he was always hurt, right? Um, yeah. But again, that, like you said, Kyle, that that's just been an element that's been absent. And I know home run hitters are hard to find at running back, but Lewis may be the closest thing they have to to at least being a reasonable facsimile of that to give them a little something different, a little burst, a little change of direction, explosiveness. And don't forget too, there is that plan to use Tyrone Tracy as a ball carrier. And I, I don't want to oversell that that he's going to carry the ball 15 times a game or something. It's just going to be sprinkled in here or there. But that's another X factor for the backfield that they can drop in there every once in a while and hand the ball off to Tracy in any number of ways, like a jet sweep or a quick end round, just to get him on the edge with the ball in his hands, to get him in one-on-one situations in space. All right, let's make some confidence picks here. We won't go through all the all the positions, but if you were to list off a couple of positions that you were the most confident in and then a couple that you were the least confident in here as we start on the eve of uh, training camp, <laughs> let's start with the strongest. I think, you know, we it's going to be a weird camp in which we don't talk a lot about quarterbacks uh, because it feels like we've entered camps with a quarterback uh, competition, if not controversy, uh, uh, every year, but about two years since – I don't know, when, 2009. Uh, so it'll be a little bit strange with Aiden O'Connell being uh, be, being by far, by far the, the guy. Uh, tight ends has to be up there. What are sort of your list, uh, you know, as, as you look at some positions that you're the most confident in and, you know, maybe some of the, the, the least? Yeah. Defensive line, I, like I mentioned earlier, that that's the spot I'm most confident in. Even without George Karloff, that sounds funny, doesn't it? Don't get me wrong. While I do like all the potential talent there, the depth of talent, they still are really looking for a playmaker or a star, if you will. Um, yeah. Do they have a real difference maker or not, Kyle? they got a lot of good players. We're like wide receiver, right? Is there a difference maker there? they got a lot of good options. But, again, defensive line, wide receiver, a lot, a lot of like. There's, there's certainly plenty of talent and options. But is there a true X factor that can make a difference? But, again, Back to your question, D-line is the one spot I am most comfortable with. And I, you talked about tight end. I think that's probably the spot I'm second most comfortable with. When you look at three legit options, you know, <clears throat> Payne Durham, Garrett Miller, Paul Perferi, we'll see if Drew Bibber can make a move as a redshirt freshman. He's an intriguing guy, I think. Um, <clears throat> you know, I like special teams. Now, I mean, I never thought that'd come out of my mouth when I'm talking about Purdue football, but I like special teams, <laughs> Kyle. I mean, Mitchell Finran, right? 24 field goals tied for the most in the Big Ten. You know about his money kick against Tennessee. Um, and you got Charlie Jones now, running back punt and kickoff. He, won that. he was the Big Ten return man of the year, so my goodness. Yes, there's questions at the punter. 
But when you got a return man like Charlie Jones and uh, Mitchell Finneran, um, that gives me some confidence back there as well. And a quarterback, right? Uh, that would be my fourth spot. Uh, Aiden O'Connell, we all know about him. Maybe the intrigue there for some people who's going to be the backup. I think it's going to be Austin Burton, another six-year player. Michael Lamo will be behind him, and Brady Allen's your future. So those are probably the four spots I'm most confident in. Yeah. How about the least confident in? I mean, I you know I I think they're okay at running back, but it just you know they, they just don't have a lot there that uh, that makes you feel like they can get a whole lot of balance. Um, to me. The one that we just aren't talking a lot about is linebacker. Uh, I just, I just don't know how. Especially if you consider, you know, Jalen Graham more of a hybrid safety type linebacker, or if you consider that a separate position from linebacker. Um, I like Kieran Douglas and Samisi Fakasiaki fine, but just not a whole lot of like game-breaking, playmaking, you know, outside of the plays that you expect those guys to make, right? <clears throat> I think you summed it up perfectly, buddy. And I think your sentiments are shared by a lot of people about that position. Um, <clears throat> don't make too much this listing Jalen Graham as a safety slash linebacker. He, they, he's going to do what he did last year, Kyle. Um, yeah. Against those power teams, he's going to be up on the line. Against spread offenses or passing downs, he's going to be more of a, you know, playing back in coverage. He, he's not going to leave the field, bottom line. Why should he? He's your, he's your best player on your team, probably. But, yeah, you're exactly right, my friend. Um, it's funny. As a quick aside, the two middle linebackers, Baka Siecki and Kieran Douglas, combined, Kyle, have 13 years of college experience. This, this is Baka Siecki's seventh year. Kieran Douglas is sixth year, so how about that? Um, then you're yeah. talking about O.C. Brothers, Kyle. And O.C. Brothers, you know, he didn't make much of a splash last year after transferring from Auburn. Um, guys like Clyde Washington, you know, Ben Cryl. Jacob Wahlberg, um, you know, players that add up. That's who you're looking at. A lot of solid blue-collar kind of guys, but outside of Jalen Graham, um, nobody really seems like they move the needle from a potential playmaking standpoint. But I do like I do like those two brothers and Clyde Washington. I, I guess I'm eager to see what those two guys have in particular. And the yeah. secondary, my friend, especially cornerback, they're really banged up back there. You know, Corey Trice, Jamari Brown aren't going to be full go out of camp. They may be your projected starting corners. Um, T. Denson's still not going to be ready either. Another cornerback, the Kansas State kid. You may have Reese Taylor out there a lot with, with, with Bryce Hampton as your number one cornerbacks. And then safety, of course, you lose Marvin Grant to Kansas, but you still have Cam Allen and Chris Jefferson. Um, so, again, now the secondary is very intriguing, uh, maybe just because not everybody's totally healthy at this point. But if, if they get those cornerbacks healthy, and that could be a very interesting position, I think. Kansas. Kansas, buddy. Marvin Grant is now a Jayhawk. Kansas. <laughs> All right, Tom, we'll see you out of practice this week. Take care, buddy. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll bring uh, Brian in. We'll do that coming up next on Golden Black Radio. On the far end of Main Street in downtown Lafayette, you'll find East End Grill, Industrial and Classic. The restaurant is built like a steakhouse, but handles like a bistro. East End Grill's menu includes creative starters, simple chopped salads, burgers, fresh shrimp, and grits. The staff prepares every item from scratch and emphasizes simple meals that incorporate fresh, local, and seasonal 
ingredients. A warm and inviting dining room features a cozy bar that includes a great selection of craft beer, inspired cocktails, and a robust and expanding wine list. Whatever your entertainment needs are, a cocktail at the bar, dinner with family, or a special event to the private dining room, the energized and attentive staff is here for you. East End Grill in downtown Lafayette, welcome to our table. Designing and building since 1968, TNW has changed the way people think about construction. TNW's three-stage approach to designing and building is unmatched throughout the construction industry. Learn more about TNW's people, passion, and projects at TWDesignBuild.com. At Purdue Federal Credit Union, it's about a relationship. A relationship that goes where you go, wherever you are in life. A relationship that's committed to free financial wellness resources, lower fees, and innovative digital banking solutions. Because we believe in people helping people. Let's build your financial future together. Purdue Federal Credit Union, your trusted financial partner for life. Federally insured by NCUA. It's time to boiler up and join the Brom Squad by gearing up with the best selection of Purdue apparel in stock only at Follett's. Visit the Black and Gold Mine store across from Mackey or Follett's Purdue West on State Street for the best game day apparel from Nike, Columbia, Champion, Cutter and Buck, and more. Shop Follett's late on game day weekends. Follett's has been your Purdue game day stop since 1945. If you can't make it to the game, shop online at FollettsPurdue.com. Experience unparalleled comfort, service, and cuisine at the Whitaker Inn. This Midwestern oasis is perfect for a relaxing staycation or weekend getaway. Escape from the ordinary at the Whitaker Inn. Welcome to Golden Black Radio as we take a look at this week in Purdue Athletics. Kyle Charters here with the very patient Brian Newbert. Uh, Brian, you tweeting your complaints during the recording of the podcast here? Did I did I see that flash across my phone there briefly? Yeah, I don't understand why you tell me to be on at ten ten. I get on at ten oh eight, and I sit here for ten minutes listening to you two talk about like <laughs> third string linebackers. Like, what are we doing here? Like, I have important things to do. Okay, I'm sitting here yeah. in my car. To do this radio show, you get mad at me when, when I get on the show too late, and I, I, it is perfectly within my right to get mad at you when I sit here for 10 minutes listening to you two babble. Oh, what I do you want? not have given you this platform. Uh, what do you want to talk let's, about? Let's talk, let's what do you even want to football. talk to me about for anyway? Football starts this week. <laughs> do Tom the whole yeah, football starts. Football starts this week. Uh, but you're here to provide a little Probably football want- perspective. I don't know anything about well, like the third-string linebacker, so you'll have to uh, I know. get him back on for that. Yeah. Uh, hopefully right, we won't need to know too much about the third-string linebacker. Uh, so you've you've been uh, around the football program for a long time. How anticipated or how, how – where does this rank in terms of uh, anticipated football seasons for you? Uh, it, it's – you know, I – I still have – I tend to have a lot of questions about teams coming into seasons. I tend to view them for what I don't know about them as opposed to what I do know about them. And, you know, I, I think yeah. that um, people should be excited because, you know, you have the quarterback. You won nine games last year, including the bowl game when you didn't have all the stars you don't have this season. I think that's being, overpl- that's being underplayed. 
uh, in terms yeah. of the story of this coming season is that Purdue beat Tennessee in the Music City Bowl without George Karloftis, David Bell, and Milton Wright. I mean, that's that's a big deal. You know, that's that should give this team every reason to be confident coming into this season. I think, you know, when you have the quarterback, you have a chance. And I think that Purdue has the quarterback. Um, and I think the schedule is, you know, I don't think there's ever – a manageable schedule in the Big Ten, an easy schedule in the Big Ten, but I think some are, some are more, some are friendlier than others, and I think this one's, yeah. you know, in the best case scenario, you know, some, something that's workable. Uh, I, I think it's right up there, but I also think that you know, um, there have been a couple of seasons here in the last few years that have been pretty, pretty well anticipated. Um, Twenty eighteen uh, was one. Uh, obviously, there were some, you know, late Matilla era. Uh, that was a long time ago now. Um, but uh, in terms of anticipation, I'd imagine this one's right up there. I think Jeff Brown's first two seasons were both right up there um, as well. Um, this one's very similar to Jeff Brown's second season in, in that there's that, that Big Ten game to open the season that you know I, I think can set a very positive tone for the year if you can win it. Um, uh, that was Northwestern. This one's Penn State. Um, but in terms of the anticipation level, uh, I think it's right up there with, with anything under Jeff Brown. Daryl Hazel did tell us before their second year that they were uh, their goal was to win the Big Ten West, and he seemed reasonably to think Purdue had a chance to do that, so I was pretty pumped. I was pretty pumped for that yeah, season. Yeah, it was. Uh, was that the Marshall year, or was that – was Marshall the third or fourth year? I can't remember. I can't. They all blend. All the losses blend together. Uh, Wasn't there the a lid that was going to come off oh, at some man. point? Yes. Um, there was. Was that uh, was that a Daryl Hazelism or was that Danny Hill? I, I, they, I, they all no, that, up to me. that was Hazel. That was Hazel. And it's a game of inches, and if you just add up all the inches, Purdue only missed by like a foot, no. even though they were one in ten. That was that was good that's too. Any, that's any given Sunday. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't oh, yeah. Purdue. That was that was that was Al Pacino. <laughs> yeah, I think they, not, they were the not, Orlando Sharks, right? Yeah, not. Oh yeah, Al Pacino, not Daryl Hazel. How can I get confused? Um, I don't know where I was going. So the with the um. I, with the schedule, though, you do look at that schedule and you're like, oh, they could start 6-1. and one. But I, I do think when we do that, we, we're sort of overlooking the potential for some landmines there. Uh, you know, the Penn State game, which Purdue probably, even though I don't agree, will, will probably be the underdog. Um, you know, even going to Syracuse is not going to be, you know, an easy game. You start after that, then back into the Big Ten with two straight road games. Uh, so there are some... You know, there are some challenges there if you look a little bit deeper, I think, into that first half of the schedule. Yeah, and as I mentioned before, I mean, some real questions about this team, too. I mean, when you have the quarterback, that's great, but the quarterback has to throw to people. And, you know, Purdue has typically had, uh, you know, some real uh, known commodities catching the football from whoever's playing quarterback and yeah. I, I think that Purdue's got to find those guys now as I said before they won that bowl game without all those guys that they leaned on last year uh, for the most part um, but um, you know I don't know if Brock Thompson's sneaking up on anybody this year and I don't know if um, 
you know, Tyrone Tracy comes in here and um, is the sort of player who's going to light the world on fire right away. I don't know. Um, and you have a lot of talented guys who, who, who came into Purdue as pretty highly regarded recruits who just who can't stay healthy. They've been snake bitten by injuries and yeah. things like that. I, I just think, you know, your aggregate health at wide receiver too. You know, Brock Thompson obviously played that bowl game on, you know, um, one step above being on a motorized cart. And uh, <laughs> I think that, uh, around. you know, Purdue's just, Purdue's just got some real questions in terms of who those offensive weapons are. The running game is very much in transition uh, here. Um, you know, I, I think you've got a really good tight end in Payne Durham, but you also, your tight end is always going to be dependent on uh, the wide receivers around him to create space yeah. for him and, you know, kind of things like that. I, I just think there's a lot Purdue's got to prove there. Uh, I think they have to prove that that their defense can pick up where they left off last season uh, with uh, a new coordinator and without George Karloftis and things like that and with some important guys coming back from injuries and things like that. Um, it's uh, a situation where looking at the schedule and, you know, talking about it's something we do every year, but it, it also glances over a lot of the um, front and center minutia that really, really matters. Mm-hmm. And last time Indiana State came to Purdue, Purdue barely beat them. Took a pick by Ricardo Allen. Speaking of the Daryl right. Hazel era, um, Purdue they, wait, wait, didn't they have to block a field goal? Was that somebody else? No, that was. I don't. Was else. that that game? I I don't know. But remember, they they had like seven straight chances to get into the end zone from the from inside the one. Because they got and they couldn't get it Indiana in. State. I believe the only so, thing yeah. I remember about Indiana State was <laughs> that was who that was who Tory Williams got hurt against many years ago. Oh, yeah. Many many years ago, that was a closer than needed to be game too. And those throwback uniforms. Oh yeah, that's they right. Played in those '67 uniforms. With, yeah, those were sharp. You have a better memory those... than me. Yeah. <laughs> those uh, cool. Quickly here up. Uh, Purdue picked to finish fourth in that Cleveland.com poll, which you pointed out in your column this morning sort of has become the de facto preseason poll for, for the Big Ten. I think fourth was probably – I would have flipped them with Minnesota myself, um, though Purdue has to go to Minnesota and actually play well and beat the Gophers here one of these times. But, um, I mean, what do you think about fourth there in the West? Yeah, I don't know if the head-to-head part of it really factors into these things, because if it did, then Purdue would be ahead of Iowa every year. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I, I don't know if Purdue's to the point yet where people look at Purdue um, beyond what they don't have. Like, I, I think you had two really, really big stars last year, George Karloftis and David Bell, and I think Purdue, you know, p- people probably look at, oh, they lost two big-time players in the NFL that's that's they're going to feel that I, I think from benefit of the doubt perspective you know Purdue mm-hmm. uh when you lose players like that still isn't to the point where they just they just kind of assume you're going to keep chugging along um I think Minnesota gets some benefit of the doubt too because they've been pretty consistent here the last couple of years whereas Purdue had the little two-year downturn um you know I, I don't know if Aiden O'Connell uh as good as he is and as much as he's going to factor into um, you know, Purdue's hopes and 
aspirations this year. I, I don't know if he's got that sort of cachet to him quite yet where people look at him as that transformational sort of quarterback who by himself wins you games, which is, you know, the way uh-huh. people perceive a lot of quarterbacks. Um, so I, I, I just don't know if, if, if Purdue on paper um, gives Purdue uh, gives people a lot of, uh, you know, certainty. And I don't know if they should. Now, I'd imagine it was a pretty close vote between Purdue and Minnesota. Um, I think Wisconsin and Iowa yeah. are what I talked about before, where you're so consistent, you win so often, and you just – you just find a way no matter who you lose. I think those teams are always going to be up at the top. They've earned that right to kind of be up there uh, and whatnot. Uh, but Purdue is still kind of working toward that. Yeah. Thanks, Brian. Sorry for making you wait so long. No problem. 10 28, we're done. Whatever your 18 next. 18 minutes after I was supposed to be things. on. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. All right. All right. Uh, that'll do it for the. Uh, podcast for this week thanks to our sponsors as always and uh tom and and the very patient brian uber uh that'll do it for our podcast for this week of course uh, we'll have this podcast next monday again others will drop us uh, throughout the week as well for tom and brian i'm Kyle chargers thanks for listening this is golden black radio